0: We're now going to be talking about, um, I guess, about petroleum in some ways because clothing label Koto has built a devoted following since its inception in Wellington back in 2006. It was founded by Gosia Piontek. And Kato's garments not only look lovely, but they're also made with a hundred percent certified fair trade cotton, which is traced from seed to garment. Its ethos to reduce waste sees the company, after seven years, seventeen years, excuse me, reach another sustainability milestone: zero percent plastic in its new clothing. And it's also wanting others to follow suit. Goshia Piontek is with us in the studio. Kira, good morning. Welcome to Saturday morning. Kira, Susie. And um, before. We go go any further? Um, Koto, K O W T O W. How do I how do I say it to say it properly? <laughs> I say Koto. Yeah.
1: Um, and I always apologise to journalists or writers because the correct pronunciation in English is kautau. Um And so, but when I read it in the in the dictionary, uh-huh. I read it as Koto, and I was thinking, wasn't that nice? It's like Kyoto Koto, and I was thinking and all this and and. um and it just stuck, and so now I, I apologize to people like you. Oh mm-hmm. no, that's <laughs> you don't have to apologize. Um, why did you choose the name? Um, it's a word from China, and you bow in front of the emperor, and your forehead mm. touches the ground, and it's a sign of respect. And I just, um, I really like this. I like that the word was. Um, you know, it's obscure in a way in our language. We don't use it that much. The reference, and I thought that it had a nice meaning behind it, mm. um, and also very practically thinking because I'm a practical person. Koto dot com
0: was available. Yeah, <laughs> always handy. Always handy. Um, but we're here to talk specifically about plastic in fashion and about the removal of plastic from um, from Koto. And I, I think if we just, I suppose, pause and set the scene a wee bit here because. Even if you buy something often that says it is, you know, ethically sourced um, fabric and you know it's a natural fibre like cotton or linen, Mm. lots of clothes do contain plastic even if they have that.
1: Yeah, there's, there's a lot of components. In lockdown, we started thinking about this and about, you know, how can we improve this amazing company already and get rid of the you know our mission now as a business is full circularity so what we had to do in our garments because they're stitched all garments in the world there might be a very rare amount of brands i'd love to hear about them mm. that are stitched with a cotton thread so prior to this year we had been stitching with a synthetic thread which is petroleum based which is plastic we know plastic doesn't break down mm. um it just goes into micro particles so we've 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 you know thinking about circularity, you have to cut the seams away and you have to cut all the little plastic components out before you can shred the cotton to remake it into a new yarn, which is quite a complicated process isn't it better just to be able to grab the t-shirt after after it's got all the jam stains and things on it <laughs> and um, and you can just shred the whole thing and remake it into a yarn so you know it was just really thinking about the end life of the garment I mean prior to that we do offer a free repair program and we do take the garment back um, so there's there's all these options before it ends up you know being given away mm. to be to, into a circularity program but yeah all these things were stopping us from actually thinking about it and then you think about plastics and what you know, the world, plastic components in the ocean, plastics and um, in human placentas,
0: you know, this is... Yes, that was, a, that just came out this week, the discovery of that. Yeah. Um, and also I was reading um, in preparation to speak with you, 60% of material used in clothing is derived somehow from petroleum, from from fossil fuels. 60%. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah, and,
1: you know, out of that 60%, I'd say majority ends up in landfill. Hmm. Um, and what's what's a landfill? You know, it's a giant hole in the ground. And and, and also, like, I, don't know, I hope someone can myth-bust me this on as well because I'm on national radio. <laughs> but I just feel like we don't have meaningful recycling programs for apparel. Yeah. No. Uh,
0: 2101, if you can shed any further light on that, text us in the studio here at RNZ National. Um, let's talk about some of those small components that I guess make all the difference. Um, You mentioned the thread being one that you have uh, changed out. By using just cotton thread, Mm -hmm. um, is it as strong?
1: No, it's not as strong. So we've had to work with our suppliers in India. We work with two factories. We've worked with one of them for 17 years and one for 10 years. So we've got a really close relationship with them. And they've had to actually physically slow down the stitching of the garments um, because the thread does... Uh, break in the machine. So having these amazing fear trade partnerships means that people are on the same page as, you know, everyone's on the same page. They're all trying to work towards the greater good of the world. So it's amazing to have these partnerships, but just us as a medium sized brand in New Zealand, we have 50 staff, um, just this collection, we've replaced 10 million metres of thread for an organic cotton thread. We had a little quick calculation, and that's a quarter of the way around the world in this thread. Wow. You know, and I just love this thought, because if you think of a massive brand like a Zara or an H&M, um, imagine, yeah, I've got this image of this globe being wrapped around this thread, you know, <laughs> like a Glad Wrap or something, mm. you know, a dental floss.
0: Yeah. But I guess uh, if you have to so slower yes Um, never mind what the actual raw product uh, costs in terms of cotton thread versus polyester thread what does that do down the line to the cost of the garments well I mean we we have to work with inflation as well
1: a majority of our garments are actually new designs every season so we can set a price point for those new garments and then we have the repeat so we try and keep the pricing the same mm. um and yeah we work with wholesale so we have to make margin you know there's there's all sorts of tricky barriers to pricing out clothing and mm. um, we do make new designs we make new collections every season they it seems maybe fast moving for the for the world when they see this but actually we're doing this 18 months in advance ordering raw cotton from our fair trade organic cotton farms to make mm. it into a yarn mm. um
0: so it's an incredibly slow process for us it's the opposite <laughs> of fast fashion <laughs> so just to talk a little bit more about some of these other components that you've been able to consider um some other things that are very common on clothes are obviously labels Yes, that's right. And they're usually made of some sort of plastic.
1: Yeah, mostly uh, because I think people can get a very nice crisp logo when they're using a um, a synthetic. You know, embroidery yarn so Mm. um, they're actually quite itchy I find and a lot of people cut them out ours are actually made from organic cotton Mm. and we've decided to just we have this philosophy of reductive design Mm. so we've decided just to have this one label with all the information on it all the fabric information in the country of manufacture and so we've always got these little hacks that we're doing a little bit differently I don't come from a fashion background I didn't study fashion Mm. so I don't know what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do so it's just constantly breaking these taboos um but there's other components like our swing tags are made from recycled uh fabric offcuts in the factory and then remade into a paper which I just think is fabulous our buttons are shell buttons from a waste product from the Japanese fishing industry so we've got these beautiful shell buttons and what a difference to be able to f- You know, if you lose a button and it ends up in the sea, it doesn't matter. It will Mm. just turn into sand. It's a complete different to a plastic button. Um, Yeah. What about things like elastic? Yeah, so the elastic was a a big issue for us. And actually, at the end of last year, we were 99.9% plastic free, but because we, we want to you know, walk the talk, we didn't announce it until this year, mm. until this collection, because we had one tiny little two-mil elastic in the cuff of our um, of our knitwear sweaters that we mm. had to replace. But we had to work with the elastic manufacturer to make it into a natural rubber elastic from a rubber tree, mm-hmm. which is then coated in an organic cotton outer. And we've also got quite thick elastics that we use in our trousers. Our mm. brand's known for ease and comfort. Mm. Um, so elastic's not really one that we can just say hey we're not going to do this so we've never used zips zips are made from three different types of materials Mm -hmm. and um, so we've always used these they're called tacks in the industry and they're metal um, and they're nickel free and they're made in Germany and Mm -hmm. we can send them back and they can get remelted and made into new ones Um, it's pretty
0: amazing all these Mm -hmm.
1: tiny little details that make up a garment
0: the sort of supply chain that you have had to put in place I suppose tell us a little bit about how the way you work with um, with suppliers and with factories has had to change as a result of becoming plastic-free?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's been a journey for us. We've always been about reductive design. This was always my thought process from 17 years ago. We've not used so many things, you know, we never delved into sequins or zips or things. So it was already quite a minimal brand in the way. And so then deciding in lockdown to go to this one singular natural fibre, which is cotton, fair trade, organic cotton. And then there was just a few components that we had to replace. And when you make a you know, when we've been working with this factory, one factory, for 17 years. They are willing to work with us. They're on the same mission as us. It's completely different to possibly working with a factory that, that doesn't share the same values as you. If you align yourself with people that are thinking on the same line, magic happens, you know, in life. Yeah. <laughs> Why do this? Wow. Okay. So <laughs> I had this crazy idea 17 years ago mm. um, to start a fair trade organic cotton clothing brand because I wanted to work with something that was a basic human need and clothing is a basic need. We need it. Mm-hmm. It protects us from the elements, from um from the sun you know from wind and I thought imagine if we found if we knew where it came from and who it was made by and if those people at the bottom of the production chain were treated fairly and paid fairly for their work and I thought is this possible and then I thought this is actually a global message so from day one we became a global brand we sold online globally we we have retailers all around the world, from Iceland to, you know, to New York, to back to Australia and back home here to Aotearoa. Mm.
0: But considering the huge fast fashion industry that is out there, mm-hmm. um, how, how do you make inroads? How do you swim against the tide? I mean,
1: we've been growing as a brand. I mean, I don't concern myself too much about what the other people are doing. I'm just thinking we're a solutions provider for the world that needs it now. We're in a, we're in, a, we're in a, you know, a crisis, a climate crisis. As a human on this planet, I feel that I need to do something about it. And I, I, I'm seeing this as a tool. So this clothing that we're doing, this clothing thing, this fashion thing that I'm involved in, I see it as a solution for people to be able to to buy something that's ethical, that is natural, um, that has, you know, as low impact as it can possibly have. Um, I see that I don't really concern myself with what the Zaras and the H&Ms and the GAPs and the whoever's are doing in the world. It's not. Otherwise, I spend too much time thinking about it and not thinking about the solution. However,
0: you have uh, open sourced some of the innovation or perhaps all All of of it, all of the innovation. Why did you choose to do that? We realised that for us to make an impact, we had to do it uh, bold and
1: brave. And the team at Koto, who I thank so much for, for, you know making me do this step, is that um, open sourcing it encourages not just young designers coming into fashion school, but also existing industry to go, hey, there's no excuse now. This is where we get the the, the organic. Um, natural rubber elastic from this is where we source our shell buttons. So please come onto our website and have a look and have a look at the information we give you. The name of the supplier. We are super proud that we've done this to be able to change the industry because we're in a crisis now and we have to do something about it now. The experts are telling that now
0: is the time, not in ten years. So we have uh, we have lots of people getting in touch actually um, about koto. Someone saying here, can you please make bras that don't itch? Oh, it's someone spread. says. <laughs> I don't know if that's something that you're maybe thinking about for another uh, collection in the future. Um, uh, there's a brand in Wellington called Nisa. I uh, should go there. there is. Yeah. Okay, that's one to know about. Someone else saying a uh, little yellow bird in Wellington does fabric recycling for when something yes, is a hundred percent natural fabric. They say. Um, thank you, Anne, for getting in touch with us there on that one. Um, something else, I suppose, that's uh, that's very much becoming an issue, is because of the cost of living crisis, you know, people don't have as much money. And how squeezed are you seeing consumers, even if they're wanting to do the right thing, by buying your clothes but not being able to?
1: Yeah, I mean, we have so many different access points into the brand. So you can buy it full price, you can buy it on sale. And of course, you can also come to a workroom sale, which we do, you know, once or twice a year. And at that point, I think the pricing is pretty on par with a lot of you know cheaper brands so i think we try and think about how how can people have access to this to this product i think about this should be a democratic choice for everyone to be able to have a garment that they love and treasure and that they get free repairs on you know so um you know it's a it's a work in progress with the with the pricing and accessibility
0: Thank you very much. It sure is. Gosia Piontek there from Koto, the founder of the label, speaking to us here on RNZ Saturday morning.